How can Standard & Poor's help you? Well, we don't understand why the ratings agencies haven't downgraded subprime bonds since mm. the underlying loans are clearly deteriorating. Well, the delinquency rates do have people worried, but they're actually within our models. So, says you. You're convinced <laughs> the underlying mortgages in these bonds are solid loans? That is our opinion, oh, yes. Oh, crack the tape. Have you looked at the loan level data? What do you think I we mean, do you're here all day? You're giving these loans day. to anybody with a, with a credit score Excuse and a pulse. Excuse me, sir. What do you think we do here all day? I'm not sure. That's why we're here. Here's what I don't understand. We check, we recheck. If these recheck mortgage again. bonds are so stable, if they are so Perhaps solid. You can check your friend. Hmm? Have you ever refused to rate? That's delusional. That. We Georgia, we stand behind have that. you ever refused to rate any of these bonds upper tranches AAA? Can we see the paperwork on those things? Oh, deals? I'm under no obligation to share that information with you. Just to answer the be. question, Georgia, can you name one time in the past year where you checked the tape and you didn't give the banks the AAA percentage they wanted? If we don't give them the ratings, they'll go to Moody's, right down the block. If we don't work with them, they will go to our competitors. Not our fault, simply the way the world works. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the big short where they're talking to Standard and & Poor's. And, uh, or, or are they talking to Moody's? I think they're talking to Moody's, and they said they go down to Standard & Poor's or vice versa. One of the two rating companies from the uh, subprime days where they were rating these these tranches of loans before they get uh, purchased by, by banks and financial institutions and hedge funds around the world. And the end result when she said, hey, you know what? If we don't give them the AAA, they'll go right down the street to our competitors. It's just the way it is. And you know what? It's it's funny. It's funny to me as I watch, as I watch, and we'll talk about this in the second half uh, about the uh, the Fed raising the rate, raising the the Fed funds rate this week, and how Jerome Powell can't can't see any evidence of uh, of recession coming. And I say, you know what? At what point? At what point does what you know to be right? rank over is more more important than the than the uh the the narrative that the federal government wants you to say well i don't see any evidence of uh, any recession coming here you know i say you know what that was the one thing that we liked about trump was he was already a billionaire and he couldn't be bought by the swamp he couldn't be bought by the special interest and he was going to do what's right and all evidence of what we saw he did what was right for the country and and I and I, so I looked it up. I said Jerome Powell, what's his net worth? And it says between and Google said it's he's worth between twenty and fifty five million. What if he said the truth? 
out there and Biden fired him. Who cares? If you're worth 20 to 55 million, maybe it's time to retire. Just amazing to me. And of course, that song was uh, Kansas, how, uh, The Point of No Return. How long to The Point of No Return? Who knows? Who knows? Well, we're going to talk about all the big stuff that's going on this week. And before I do, let me introduce myself to those who don't know me. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Plant Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, and there are fantastic opportunities. And I'll tell you that the interest rates have gone up 2% since January. January, average inter- the average uh, 30-year fix was about three and a quarter owner-occupied, and today it's five and a quarter. And you know what? Uh, I think for the first couple of months, first couple of months, it was everyone was just shocked into what was happening. And now it seems to have gotten busy again. People uh, evaluating, hey, you know what? Uh, regardless of what the interest rates are, uh, I've got I've got more life than I have money. And I have, uh, and I'm gonna look into one of those reverse mortgages. Or hey, I got I got a hundred thousand dollars in debt and hundred fifty thousand dollars in mortgage debt, in mortgage debt, and my hundred fifty thousands at at uh, at three and a quarter, but my other hundred thousand on credit cards is at eighteen. So maybe I should uh, not be so worried about the fact that the interest rates are in the five and just pay this stuff off and make my life easier. So there are fantastic opportunities out there if you if you know where to look. And if you uh, and if you need to to find out about financing, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One last time, day or night, toll free area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at edhoffman.net. Click on the Plant Home Lending logo, and uh, that'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And uh, whether that's a piece of property that you own now or a piece of property you'd like to own, and whether that's in California or uh, one of uh, about half the country, I'm licensed in about 24 states. Um, If you wanna get out or if you wanna get a piece of property so you can get out later, Call me, 855-640-2020 or at Hoffman.net. If you want to hear any part of the, the show uh, repeated or you missed missed it, you can always go to stayonedhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. You can also uh, get the, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, iTunes slash Apple Podcast for us old our, us old timers, we call it iTunes old timers um talking about itunes um uh or today it's called apple podcast and you could uh subscribe for free have it download automatically once uh we i record on friday mornings and it uploads on friday afternoons and it'll download to your device sometime shortly thereafter if you have comments on the show send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net and uh, with that, we'll get on with it. In the studio with me today is uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands, and uh, soon maybe somewhere else. Scotty, welcome back. Ed, it's great to be back in the house, man. All right, so let's talk about. We'll talk. Uh, you know, I, I wanted. To, I started talking about the 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 economy, and I said, you know what? Let's take this chronologically, like we always do. So, as we all now know by now. Uh, a leaked Supreme Court opinion indicates that the court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe versus Wade decision. According to the draft opinion written by Samuel Alito, 
Uh, the draft was is a repudiation of the 1973 decision, which guaranteed federal constitutional protection for abortion rights, and a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that maintained it. Alito's opinion states, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. In other words, it goes back to the states. The decision is not final as the court will cast a final vote in June or early July, and it is possible the justices' final votes could change, which is exactly why it was leaked. Most likely by a law clerk, here's Mitch McConnell. Liberals want to rip the blindfold off Lady Justice. They want to override impartiality with intimidation. They want to elevate mob rule over the rule of law. The same political movement that used a leak to move up the timeline of Justice Breyer's retirement process is trying to use yet another leak to make the court less secure and less impartial. Yeah, you know what? I'm thinking about this happened on uh, Tuesday, I think it was. And uh, there was all kinds of outrage that we're going to find out who leaked it and prosecute that person. And I don't hear that anymore. No, it's it's almost like, yeah, because the leakers on the side of the left, that probably that person will probably get a uh, Supreme Court nomination, Ed. Uh, obviously, it was wrong what happened. And, and we're already starting to see some riots going on in L.A. as a result. But I think these morons just want to riot for any reason. I don't think they know anything about Roe versus Wade. They don't really care about women or abortion rights or anything like that. They just want an excuse to go bust up some police cars. I would I would agree. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, they don't they don't know that, you know, Roe versus Wade. Is it is it make a difference if it's constitutionally protected or if it's just I mean, anybody in California is not going to have an issue because California is never going to outlaw abortion. Uh, they're only going to make they're only going to make it more brutal and more, uh, you know, later later in the term. Now, I now I'm hearing that they're that they're trying to push a law that would allow allow abortions to be done 28 days after the kid is born. So, I mean, that's how, you know, you push. The left pushes pushes the limit so far, at some point someone has to step in and say, wait, 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 wait. This isn't what it's about. Yeah, I remember I heard something similar. My wife, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the kitchen and my wife mentioned just what you're talking about, which is uh, abortion right up to and even beyond birth. And I'm thinking, it, it almost was like, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It didn't seem real. And for the first time ever, I've used the word evil to describe the Democrat Party because there's things that we can disagree with, but then there's just flat out evil. And I'm sorry, but what we're experiencing right now, this is good versus evil, Ed. Yep, exactly. And uh, that's the first time you've used evil? I think so. I, I, you know, I could always say, well, I disagree with him, but I never, I never used the word evil. But there's no other way to describe this. I think I think I have used the word evil um, <laughs> because it, it is evil. Everything, everything that's going on with the Democrats and, uh, and it's, and it's amazing that we don't hear, hear more Republicans get on their soapbox the way the Democrats do. We'll talk about that in a second. So what's their motive? Here's three theories to indict. One of them is to intimidate one of the justices, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, uh, Thomas or Alito into voting their, uh, their way on the final decision. Of course, of course they leave out, uh, John Roberts because John Roberts, I guess is generally not considered a conservative anymore. Uh, to gin up fundraising for the midterms and make low-information single-issue voters show up at the polls in November, or 
three, some combination of the of uh, of both. The third one seems likely, considering all the demonstrations happening outside the court this week, and all the grandstanding by the most prominent Democrats in office, like uh, Pocahontas Senator William uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. We are gonna fight back. Is that her wardrobe going on in the background? Is she beating a wardrobe? Wealthy women can get on an airplane. They can fly to another state. They can fly to another country. They can get the protection they need. This will fall on the poorest women in our country. This will fall on the young women who have been abused, who are victims of incest. This will fall on those who have been to work three jobs to be able to support the children they have. Well, I am here because I am angry, and I am here because the United States Congress can change all of this. Yeah, if she's that angry, maybe maybe she should just have a beer. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me um, a beer. Yeah, so uh, you know this is I you know she's grandstanding. Oh, this is gonna fall on the people of victims of incest and rape, and and I don't think even the Republicans have have an issue with abortion when it comes to incest or rape or the or the uh, the health of the mother. Um, so they're grandstanding. They're just blowing smoke up people's butts. I don't think any of this stuff is uh, is legit that she's saying. And of course, you know, if if the if the mothers that are working three jobs to support the kids they have, why aren't they being? You know what? Maybe this will drive. Maybe this will drive women uh, instead of uh, getting the uh, going to get free uh, government paid abortions. Maybe they'll get the government paid free uh, free birth control pills uh, that are offered out there. Maybe they should take those instead. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure where this is really going. Then we have uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women, will we say, how dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they? try to deny women their rights and their freedoms. Uh, One thing I want to say, and I've got quite a lot of comments on this, but one of the things that I did as prep for this show is I watched an abortion. Uh, My wife pulled up a video clip uh, by a guy named Dr. Bernard Nathanson. This guy was a co-founder of the National Association for the Repeal of Abortion Laws. This guy was actually an abortionist. He himself had performed 75,000 abortions. His organization that he started was NARAL. Uh, as the abbreviation for it. And this guy actually had a change of of heart. And partly because this was uh, back in the 70s, uh, 80s, um, but he had a change of heart because of some of the new imaging system, the ultrasounds where you could actually see exactly what was happening. But I watched it, Ed, and it was one of those things you don't want to really watch it. You really don't want to. But I think that anybody that has an opinion on this one way or the other, let's at least take a look at it for what it really is and watch it. It was pretty brutal. Let me tell you, man. Yeah, they came out with a movie a couple of years ago. Silent like, Scream. 
Uh, no, it was no. the it was the 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 girl who worked for uh, Planned Parenthood, and then she saw it. She worked as like a receptionist or Craig. Or, you're uh, talking about Abby Johnson, and that was uh, why am I going blank in the name of the movie? Uh, <laughs> I'm going blank. But Abby Johnson was an abortionist who worked in for Planned Parenthood, and uh, actually had an abortion herself. Yes. That she did the abortion pill, and I know the, uh, I know the uh, the movie shows shows that scene where they show it sucking the sucking the the fetus out. Yes, and that's what turned that's what turned her having to having to be in the in the the room while they did an abortion when someone was someone they were shorthanded on something. Someone will someone will tell me what the name of that movie was here pretty soon. But we, uh, but we saw it unplanned unplanned. That was it. Thank you. So we uh, we saw that two, three years ago when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, if that, if that doesn't change your mind about abortion, uh, I don't think anything will. And probably the mo- whatever you watched. Yeah. What'd you watch? Oh, it's, you can see it on YouTube. If you do a YouTube, just do a Google search, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, uh, pull up the, the video and he, he gives a presentation on what he did, what he's all about. And they actually show it. And it's like, it's, it's pretty brutal, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's, uh, doesn't look like you're just taking some uh, some uh, tissue out of out of you know hey you know what I have this little tissue growing on the on my arm and the doctor goes in and just uh, takes it out I don't think that's uh, quite the same thing that like they make it and taking away people's freedoms we haven't heard we haven't heard Kamala Harris that passionate about anything yeah our, ever our bodies are choice and that should include a, a ma- vaccination mandate yeah, exactly. too correct? our bodies are choice. Don and I uh, started talking about taking a vacation, going on a cruise, and uh, and my cruise lady that I've been using for years says, "Well, if you haven't been vaccinated, I can't help you." Really? Are you are you serious? And uh, and I said, "Well, you know, if I have to get a vaccination card, I'll get a vaccination card, but I'm not getting the vaccination. No way." And uh, of course, with the strategic gra- grave warning about the midterms, going going back to the politics of this. Uh, you know, here that's the which is the whole point here. They're trying to to take this and uh, get as much uh get as much value out of it. Can't take can't uh, let a crisis go to waste. And uh, they created the crisis by le- by allowing it to get leaked. And now they're trying to use it towards the midterms. Here's uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. This is a dark and disturbing day for America. Last night. A report came out that a conservative majority on the United States Supreme Court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade and uproot decades of precedent affirming a woman's right to an abortion. It is hard not to feel angry, troubled, and deeply disturbed about what overturning Roe would do to women across America. Call your members, write them, call your senators, write them, email them, text them. And most of all, cast your ballots this November. Because if Roe v. Wade is overturned, we have to assume there's more to come. The question is, what will these Republicans, these right-wing Republicans, target next? Yeah, and, uh, you know, this, what amazes me is there's, uh, according to the statistics, the average is about 890,000 abortions per year in this country, which is 0.26% of the people then th- that this affects and and of course all those those are lives that are being taken and of course the republicans can't even get passionate enough about something that affects 
332 million people out of 332 million people uh, with what's, what Biden's doing and the Democrats are doing to the with the gas prices and what's what's happening with the southern border. No one's no one can be as passionate as Democrats. Everything everything is a is a uh, uh, a ground a ground moving ground moving and a end of the world kind of a situation and that's uh, probably why the de- why we're where we are today. And of course it, all this grandstanding work the Democrats raised 7 million dollars from small donors after the announcement Monday night until Tuesday by Thursday it was 12 million. All these demonstrations happened on Tuesday, but on Wednesday it was time to take the fear-mongering to the next level by revealing what these extreme right-wing Republicans will do next. And uh, the Democrats uh, decided to hand that assignment uh, over to Biden's teleprompter and let him read it. This is about a lot more than abortion. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. You know, it's amazing. This MAGA crowd, well, MAGA is make America, make America great again. Why they use it like it's a, like it's a, a, a swear word or something. So this is the, so this, so is this a federal ban on abortion? And could the Supreme Court somehow decide to ban gay marriage, segregate schools, take away birth control, and all the other fears that the left is dangling in front of America this week? No. Here's, the, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro, who's a New York State judge, and with actual constitutional facts on all of it. And understand that if this decision is ultimately the decision of the court, it doesn't outlaw abortion. All it says is we're saying it's not a constitutional right. Congress can pass a law. So if Chuck Schumer is so fired up, pass a law, Chuck. Every state can pass its own law. This decision says there is no right to abortion that is implicit in the Constitution. Understand there are three tests. Number one, is it in the Constitution? Is it a constitutional right? Freedom of speech is a constitutional right, First Amendment. But the right to an abortion, it is implied based upon what Roe says is the First, Fourth, Fifth, Ninth, Fourteenth Amendment, and I won't get into it, but they say we don't know which one for sure, but it's through the Due Process Clause. In order for it to be part of due process Mm -hmm. and legal and constitutional, it must be deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition, and it must be implicit in ordered liberty. Is abortion deeply rooted in our nation's history? No. In fact, at the time of Roe, virtually every state outlawed abortion. And at, right before Roe, going back to the common law, it was murder, uh, and then it was reduced to a misdemeanor in some, uh, in some states. And is it, is, is it implicit in the concept of ordered liberty? No. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that. And, you know, in order for the left to get everyone fired up, they want someone on the right to cave to the mob. They want to intimidate some justice on the right to back up and support it. But it's not a constitutional right like same-sex marriage, like contraceptive, Loving versus Virginia, Griswold versus Connecticut, all those cases. This involves a third party. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. 
Ed, I was a pro-choice person in college. I'm now pro-life, and largely because I became a parent. As you know, I have four kids. My fourth was adopted. And just to give you a quick story, I had a young girl come into my bike shop who was dating one of my employees and said she's definitely pro-choice. I said, okay, I'm going to give you a scenario. Uh, This woman is pregnant. She's been on drugs. Uh, Her sperm donor is in prison, uh, also on drug-related violations. She's already had four kids. They've been taken away from her. They're being cared for by other people. What should she do? with her current pregnancy the girl said well of course she should abort and i laid down a picture of my daughter said you just took out my daughter and she was kind of like whoa you know i mean the fact of the matter is when does life begin does it begin at conception I, i don't know i think we can all agree that when it begins it's going to continue to become a human being unless this process stops that and at that point that person ceases to exist exactly and that's a moving story. Thank you. That's a moving story. And, you know, I think everybody who is who has kids sees abortion different. I think we're we're all liberals in, in college, and we were all pro-choice at that time because uh, we, we listen to what we listen to, and then we grow up, and we see the world how, how the world is. Anyway, we're out of time for this half of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and commercials, and we'll be right back. to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Plant Home Lending. I don't uh, talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio because if you're not in the market, it's probably not as interesting as it is if you are in the market. But if you need some help, if you need some help on uh, refinancing a piece of property you own or refinancing all of your high interest debt and high payment debt, if you need some uh, help uh, purchasing a property you'd like to own, whether it's in California or any other state, or if you'd like to learn about that uh, that cool real estate uh, financing tool, the reverse mortgage for people over 62, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Plant Home Lending logo. So before the uh, – before the, if you didn't join us in the first half, uh, then you don't know that uh, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, is uh, joining me in the studio. And you don't know that we were talking about uh, – the whole uh, Roe versus Wade overturn uh, this week. And uh, Scott, you had a couple things you wanted to add. Yeah, final thing to that whole segment is, is uh, we talked about I am an adoptive parent. I, My wife and I went through the county of San Bernardino and adopted our daughter, who is now 18 years old, by the way. She works with me at the bike shop, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I would say, I would tell everybody listening, if you're considering adoption, it is the single best thing we ever did, I think, in our lives. It's a fantastic process. But I also think when we talk about abortion and... You know, we talk about what are the solutions? Well, certainly adoption is the thing that comes to mind right off the bat. So I I do think that it's up to pro-lifers to step up. And one of the things is I'm beginning to get more politically active this year because this is an election year. I'm really disheartened by the fact that a lot of my my right wing friends and and what do you want to call it? Uh, The people on the right seem to be really apathetic and cheap. I mean, that's just a fact. They don't donate to political campaigns like you and I do. They don't seem to get involved. I'm working on several campaigns for local people in my area. But coming back to the pro-life thing, pro-lifers need to step up. And they can do that through adoption. They can do that by fostering children 
Or they can also give money to women's resource centers, pro-life groups. Uh, the Assure Pregnancy Center in Fontana is a great organization. We give money to them every year. We go to their annual banquet. They have their fundraiser. Um, there's Live Action is another very great group. So get involved. Donate some money to these groups. Maybe step up and be an adoptive parent. It's the best thing you'll ever do in your life. That was my uh, that was my my plug for adoption, Ed. Yep, you know, get involved. Get involved is a is a big thing, and yeah, uh, and so, and some of you don't don't get involved because hey, you know what? I, I can't afford to, I can't afford to donate to anything, and I'll tell you, uh, donating to to political uh, causes, donating to charity, donating to anything that you believe in, uh, always comes back. Um, I know when uh, when our when our son Don and I uh, our son started making some money and. And, uh, he said, uh, he said how much money he made. And my wife said, how much did you give to charity? He goes, mom, I can't afford to give to charity yet. And she goes, if you don't share some of your blessings, you won't get them next year. They, well, they won't continue to, you won't, God won't continue to bless you unless you bless others with your blessings. And, uh, I'm proud to say that he's, uh, he brags about how much he brags every year. Uh, you know, he makes a, he makes a goal of how much to give to charity now. And, and, um, uh, you know, if you if you don't if you don't if you don't do what you can to affect in a positive way who you can, um, you're just not you're just not living life. What what are you here for? Exactly. What are you here for? Yeah, we're here on this earth for a flicker, right? And uh, you know, you're you know, I know I'm not taking my money with me, and I know that uh, I I know that I've had some I've seen my wife with some health scares and myself with with, uh, some, some evidence that I'm getting old again. And, uh, and it's, you know, what are, what are we, what's going to be when we leave only the, only the people that you've affected in your life. Absolutely. And if anybody listening is considering adoption, call me at the bike shop. I'll be happy to tell them as much as I know about it. Definitely encourage it. And that number is, uh, it's 909-875-7310. That's 909-875-7310. That's your, uh, your personal hookup to Mr. Scott McAfee. So let's talk, let's talk about, uh, let's go on our, uh, our outline here. Uh, Biden invents the MAGA agenda. Uh, earlier we heard president Bly, uh, Biden blame the MAGA crowd. Like it's a dirty word for the Supreme court decision. Something that makes no sense at all. Since the Supreme court justices are not elected officials in the same speech on Wednesday, Joe continues spewing the lies. His puppet masters put in front of him. Like I said, hey, you know, they they didn't assign him to say it. They just put it on his teleprompter and he read it. It started out with the lie that he's been floating out there for the past two weeks. The one about him cutting the deficit by three hundred and fifty billion. Let me remind you again, I reduced the federal deficit. All the talk about the deficit from my Republican friends. I love it. I reduced it three hundred and fifty billion dollars in my first year in office. And we're on track to reduce it by the end of September by another one trillion five hundred billion dollars. Yeah, that whole line that whole line is is a bunch of malarkey. You know, three hundred and fifty, he's sounding to sound he's starting to sound like Dr. Evil. Here's the plan. We get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for one million dollars. A million dollars. A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Really? Mm-hmm. It's locked. Okay, then. We hold the world ransom for $100 billion. Yeah, 350. We've cut the deficit $350 billion. 
I don't think, and you know, just so you understand the deficit, the deficit is is how much balance you add to your credit cards at the end of the year. How much more did you spend than you actually made this year? So, you know, if you if you start the year and you owe uh, $5,000 on your credit cards and you finish the year, you paid all your bills, but your credit card balances are, are $15,000, then your, your budget deficit at your house is $10,000. Well, you just take that and stick a steroid needle into it, and that's what the federal budget is. So then he continued to, uh, with more scare tactics about the evil MAGA rep- Republicans who are out there to raise taxes on the middle class. Senator Rick Scott of Florida, United States Senator, who's leading the Republican National Senatorial Campaign Committee, released what he calls the ultra-MAGA agenda. It's a MAGA agenda, all right. Let me tell you about this ultra-MAGA agenda. It's extreme, as most MAGA things are. It will actually raise taxes on 75 million American families, over 95 percent of whom make less than $100,000 a year. I don't want to hear Republicans talk about deficits and their ultra-MAGA agenda. I want to hear about fairness. I want to hear about decency. I want to hear about help on ordinary people. Yeah, well, Biden's scare tactics was a reference to the Republican senatorial campaign plan to rescue America and is indeed chaired by Florida Senator Rick Scott. But there's no evidence Scott called it an ultra-MAGA agenda, and he reacted immediately after Biden's speech. The opportunity to listen to what the president said. First off, almost every sentence was a complete lie. First off, let's think about what he did. He never talked about inflation. You know, since he's been in office, inflation is 8.5 percent. We just had a negative GDP down 1.4 percent. So you see people that are struggling all across this country. Now, with regard to there's a complete difference between my view of the world and his view of the world. I'm the biggest tax cutter probably in the Senate right now or even up here. I cut taxes 100 times. Since Joe Biden got into politics, think of what's happened. Taxes have gone up on Americans constantly. On top of that, he's taken the debt of this country from under $1 trillion to $30 trillion, And his plan that he put out will take the, take the debt of this country to $45 trillion and has massive tax increases on everybody. My plan is reduce taxes, but let's get everybody back to work with regard to Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security. What the Democrats are doing or what Joe Biden is doing, he just keeps passing the buck and watching these plans go bankrupt. And he'll wait for the next president or the next Senate uh, have to try to fix these things. So what he just did was a complete lie. Go to rescueamerica.com. You can see exactly what I believe. I want to fix this country. We've got to rescue this country, not take it down Joe Biden's horrible path. Joe Biden is not qualified to talk about deficit spending, the national debt, or anything else. The guy's got stage four Alzheimer's, so let's quit pretending that he's even really there, first of all. But also, when we talk about deficit spending or ultimately the national debt, which is the most important thing, our national debt, we just looked it up, when Biden took office, we were already at $26 trillion. Now we're at $30 trillion. So he can throw out whatever phony numbers he wants. But the shameful fact of the matter is we've got more crushing debt in this country than we've ever had before. And I don't know where this is going, Ed. I really, I don't know how you get out of this mess. Exactly. And I think uh, when Obama got out of office, we were at about $18 trillion and... Trump went in and he raised it up a little bit, but the the massive part of the increase was happening during COVID when we shut everything down and uh, paid everybody ridiculous amounts on PPP loans and unemployment, $600 extra a week 
plus uh, what the state gives them. And uh, we just unloaded all that all that money. And, you know, when they talk about massive, massive ta- when Biden talks about massive tax increases, you know what? Uh, what do you call when we decide to just cut off our energy independence and the price of gas goes up to two bucks a gallon? Um, what is that? What is that? That's a tax increase on everybody. You know, so far, I, so far it hasn't affected me. I just stick in my credit card and, and I just pay off my American Express every couple of weeks. And, and I don't, I don't think about it. I just look at, look at the, the price on the pump and I shake my head and you know, I, uh, I, uh, flip off, uh, uh, Biden for it or the sticker on the pump that says I did that and it doesn't affect me. But what about the people that, that make normal amounts of money and it, you know, it costs it costs an extra three hundred bucks a month to fill their tank to go back and forth to work. I guess that's the reason that they stop going to work. Not only that, Ed, but whether it's we're talking about raising taxes or not, what about just the cost of living? And we're talking everything, not just gas, but food, housing. Try and try and even find an apartment nowadays. Like my daughter is trying to find an apartment to live in, or let alone a house to buy. It's almost impossible now. So technically, we're all poorer than we were. Like. A year ago, by yeah, a long they're shot. They're talking about, hey, the the wages have all gone up so much. Oh yeah, they went up five and a half percent, but inflation went up eight and a half percent. So everybody's losing ground. And you know what? I I drove. I think I don't know if I talked about this last week. I was up in. Uh, I had to fly up to Northern California. I was actually in Reno uh, Monday night of last week, so I could drive into Susanville to testify in court on uh, Tuesday for somebody else's issue. And um. I got to I got to Reno. I got to my hotel and I said, "Hey, I need some I need some food." I drove over to drove my little rental car over to uh, to uh, Carl's Jr. and I got two chicken sandwiches, some fries, and a and a drink. And the guy in the thing goes, uh, "That'd be five seventeen. And I'm going, "That can't be right. That can't be right." So I drive up to the window. He goes, twenty five seventeen. And I go, "Really? Twenty <laughs> five? How do how do normal people?" Normal people that have normal, how do they go? How do they eat fast food anymore? That's cheap fast food too. I know twenty five eighty one for two chicken sandwiches, an order of fries, and a drink. Ridiculous, ridiculous. And you know what? Uh, I pulled up this. You know, uh, in nineteen ninety two, Ross Perot was running for uh, running for president, and our deficit or our our national debt at the time was four trillion dollars. That was our whole national debt, four trillion dollars. When uh, Ross Perot said this. Just this year, we ran up $341 billion in new debt. And as we discussed the other night, that's our legislators and our president trying to buy our vote this year with what used to be our money. We're not that dumb. Yeah, well, apparently we are this dumb now because, uh, you know, that's a that's a rounding error. Oh, $341 billion. Uh, we're just going to use that to just... Uh, we're going to use we're going to use a trillion dollars to relieve people of their student loans that they spent to send their kids to college to uh, so they could party for four years and get a degree that's not worth the paper it's written on. So anyway, but that's me on my college uh, on my college uh, soapbox. So let's go on. The Federal Reserve announced half a percentage point interest rate increase on Wednesday, the highest in 22 years, as well as plans to shrink its nine trillion dollar asset portfolio starting next month. All part of the double-barreled effort to reduce the highest inflation in four decades, thanks to Joe Biden. So, so this brings our uh, this brings our federal funds rate, the the central bank's benchmark uh, rate, to a target range between 0.75 and one percent. But of course, inflation is eight and a half percent. So, in order to raise the rates to target the inflation, 
the in the federal funds rate needs to be up around the same area that the inflation is of course that would be too drastic and of course the uh but if they would if the fed was doing its job they would have started this last year and uh it wouldn't be so drastic when they get up to that here's a report from jerry willis of fox business a 50 basis point rate hike for the Fed funds rate. It brings that range for to three quarters of a percent to one percent. This is an aggressive move. You're seeing history here, folks. This happen, hasn't happened in 22 years. A very big rate hike. And this is what they're really going after right now. Inflation at 8.5 percent. They're trying to drive it to 2 percent. And in this release today, they say there will be more rate hikes to come. So you're going to bet in June we could see another rate hike, perhaps of this size, this magnitude, and possibly more in the back half of the year. Yeah, this is uh, this is even a little bit of smoke blowing by Fox Business. Uh, you know, they're going to try and drive it to 2%. They're going to drive it higher than that. In fact, uh, most of the rate gurus in the bond market think uh, we're, we're thinking we might have gotten a three-quarter of a point rate uh, rate hike this month and they're pretty positive we're going to get a half a point in may we're going to get a half a point in june and maybe in july as well it's going to go higher because they're trying to uh to uh stop the uh stop the inflation it it won't work and of course uh, in a press conference following the announcement uh fed chairman jerome powell maintained his position that we are not headed for a recession a claim he bases solely on the health of the labor market, but he left out some important important logic in the argument. It's a strong economy, and, and nothing about it suggests that it's that it's close to or vulnerable to a recession. But we've we've talked with um, economists who uh, have advised Democrats and Republican presidents, who both said that um, that the Fed is so far behind the curve on inflation that a, a, a recession is inevitable. So, and as I said, I, I think we have a uh, we have a good chance to restore price stability without without a recession, without you know a severe downturn, and without materially high higher unemployment. And I mentioned the reasons for that. I see a strong economy now. I see a very strong labor market. For example, um, businesses can't find the people to hire. They can't find them. So, typically in a recession, you would have unemployment. Now you have surplus demand. Yeah, he doesn't sound very confident, Ed. He sounds like one more guy that's just reading a script and then he's going to get off the stage and go do whatever he does for the rest of his day. I, I just, these are the same dumb people that got us into this mess and now we're looking that for them to fix their own mess. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, it's uh, Jerome Powell's talking out of his butt because his mouth knows better. Um, you know what, he's, he said, hey, there's no evidence that we're going to go into a recession even though a uh, typical definition of recession is two quarters of negative GDP. We just finished quarter number one down the uh, gross domestic product down 1.4%. And we're probably in the middle of quarter number two uh, of a second negative GDP. Uh, you know, it's, and this is what I talked about at the beginning is, is he knows better than this, but he's, he's talking off the Democrat script that you know, hey, we're in a we're in an election year. We don't want to alarm people that we that the Biden administration destroyed our economy and it was a strong economy. We're still uh, 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 1.4 million jobs short of where we were uh, February of 2020 before the before the COVID shutdown. And of course, they're talking about how many jobs they've created and how robust this 
this uh, labor market is and some of the things they left out. So if you heard the, I don't know, I'm sure most people that listen to the show don't listen to the uh, uh, the employment reports, but you see the highlights on the news. There's there's three different uh, there's three different uh, surveys. So on the on the employment report, so ADP, the uh, payroll company. Uh, reported on Wednesday that we had 200. They were expecting 400,000 new jo- jobs uh, in uh, last month, and they reported 247,000. So two days later, we have the Bureau of Labor Statistics comes out says we're have 426,000 new jobs, and of course the household survey. The household survey is where they actually call about 60,000 uh, actual households and talk to them about. Uh, who's who's in the who's in the household and if they're working, if they're looking for jobs. And the household report says that we lost three hundred sixty-three thousand jobs last month. You know, you know the one thing that that he's almost saying that this high demand looking for workers is a good thing. This is not a good thing at all. And you and I have never seen something like this in our lifetime, where you have help wanted signs everywhere. We have a young population that, for whatever reason. Doesn't seem to want to work, Ed. I mean, there's just people that are sitting on the sidelines through the pandemic. I think they've been conditioned and almost paid to not work. So that's this mess we're in right now. And they're taking off their clothes in front of their, uh, in front of their, uh, their, their cameras on their phones and posting it on on different websites and making money doing that. And uh, you know, when you've got when you've got this much uh, um, conflict in the different reports, you know. You know something something's not something's not right, and of course think about this: if there's 11 million jobs out there that they can't find people to do, how do they how do they how do they hey I can't hire someone to work at Jack in the Box for 20 bucks an hour, so what do I got to do? You got to raise you got to raise your uh, raise it up to 25 dollars an hour or 30 dollars an hour, and what's that going to do to inflation? Well, small businesses can't can't just absorb the extra 10 bucks an hour for each employee, so what are they going to do? They're going to raise their prices. Or they're going to go out of business, and uh, even the big companies can afford it to absorb it to a point, but the prices are going to go up, and that's going to that's going to drive inflation even higher. So right. it's you know it's cause and effect. Yep. People, you know, hey, oh look, look, I'm making thirty bucks an hour to flip burgers. Is that really thirty bucks an hour? You know, uh, five years ago it was eight dollars an hour for minimum wage. And of course, in most states, eight dollars an hour is still minimum wage. California, not so much. So uh, it's it's you know, wa- watch with your with your all your eyes open because this is all BS. Inflation is going through the roof. Price of gas is going higher. Uh, you know who knows who's coming in through our through our southern border. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a dumpster fire here, folks. And uh, you know, how long to the point of no return? Hope's a good segue into our next topic, Ed, which is the red wave prediction. Exactly. The president's polling remains firmly in the toilet. Democrats obviously worried about worried enough to pull that Supreme Court leak stunt this week. It's is it but is it really time to get excited about a possible red wave in November? Maybe. I think so. I think it is. According to the Cook Political Report, these signs are both sides are see the possibility of a red tsunami in the midterms at at least on the House side. Republicans adding another 10 House districts to their already robust list of 72 Democratic-held targets, probably to fight all, probably to fight all the redistricting that's happening. Democrats uh, House Majority PAC uh, announced it will be reserving 102 million dollars in advertising in a whopping 51 media markets for midterm campaigns. No wonder they needed all the donations to pour in this week. 
And then, of course, there's the historical trend of the party in the White House losing its share of the popular vote by anywhere from 6.5 to 17 points from the previous presidential election. This has happened in every midterm since 2006, which we talked about that uh, every term since mid-2006. So does that mean that the the Bush versus Gore and the Bush versus Kerry uh, 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 elections spurred the the more the fiercer the fiercer political fighting it seems like because i don't remember uh clinton versus clinton versus uh dole or clinton versus uh uh uh, bush and perot being quite as vicious as the the two parties are now it seems like it's just there's no end in sight also real clear politics shows republicans ahead by 3.6 points in the generic ballot tracker that's generic meaning uh, Republicans versus Democrat, who are you going to vote for? If that holds up through election day, it'll represent 6.6% positive shift to the Republicans from 2020. And then then there's the Senate. In Ohio primary, primary race this week, Trump back candidate J.D. Vance beat his two Republican opponents. Here's a snippet of his victory speech. Now, this campaign, I really think, was a referendum on what kind of a Republican party we want and what kind of a country we want. We went to battle. Do we want a Republican party that stands for the donors who write checks to the Club for Growth, or do we want a Republican party for the people right here in Ohio? Ladies and gentlemen, we just answer the question. Pretty typical victory speech. Sounds like it. You know, I will say this, though. I mean, I'm just not as optimistic as a lot of other people about this big red wave, Ed. Should it happen? Will it happen? Yes. What's the only thing that could stop it, Ed? One word? Fraud. Fraud. Fraud or apathy. Maybe a combination of both. Yeah, it's uh, with that with, and and of course for fraud to happen, we have to have another wave. We have another we have to have another variant, which causes us to have to have a uh, 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 all mail in ballot again, uh, which I'm predicting. Uh, Vance will face off against Democrat Tim Ryan in November to replace Republican Rob Portman, and of course, uh, when asked if he wants the president to campaign for him, here's what was his answer. President Biden, will you invite President Biden to come campaign for you? Look, we welcome everybody's support, um, but I will be the face of this campaign. I don't think, you know, surrogates are going to play a huge role here. I want people to get to know me. I want my I want to control my message. I want it to be my face and, and my background, my record. That's another way of him saying, hell no, I don't want that that uh, that dementia uh, laden guy making me look stupid. You know, uh, <laughs> how do I some, you know, poor, poor Joe, they call him Joe six pack. Joe couldn't tell you how many cans of beer in a six pack right now, Ed. Exactly. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me this week, Scotty. We're all out of time. Always a pleasure, Ed. All right. And, uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>